need to be optimizing for purchases on Amazon. And once you nail down that whole process of sending them to the landing page, getting them through a super URL and optimizing for purchases, that is the ultimate strategy to really guide external traffic to Amazon to increase your rankings. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. So today I'm really excited to have Victor on as a guest. He is a great resource for all things Amazon PPC. So in this episode, I'll let Victor introduce himself in a second, but key things that we really wanna cover in this episode is talk through some sponsored display items. Victor's been doing a lot of cool things on the Amazon attribution side, which we haven't covered as much. And we can also talk about some of these recent privacy changes and how they're impacting the overall Overall advertising landscape and then how these can impact your Amazon ads. So Victor, I'll kick it over to you. Maybe give us a quick introduction on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me, Joe. I do a lot of Amazon marketing when it comes to driving external traffic to Amazon and Amazon attribution can be a big piece of that when it comes to tracking that attribution across sending that traffic to Amazon. I do a lot of different things when it comes to it. Just to wrap it all up, I basically help with almost everything marketing and Facebook ads and everything else. And these Facebook ad changes are a big deal. So there's a lot of people crying over it and there's good reason for it. So I definitely would like to cover that in this episode. Perfect. So one, one item that I wanted to cover with you, Victor, is sponsored display. So this is the newest ad type that Amazon's rolled out and they've got some different features incorporated. So we've gone through some different strategies on how we use sponsored display, but overall wanted to see how you've been using sponsored display. It depends on the product, but I usually segment it out Let's say I'm targeting uh, this specific narrow audience. Let's say if I'm targeting people that buy vegan snacks, for example, I might set up a vegan snack campaign and literally adjust all my copy and creative on that sponsor display toward people. I might do a catchy line, say, don't like vegan snacks probably taste like garbage. So I'd probably say vegan snacks that taste that actually taste good or, and I would structure it to that keyword. I always structure my creative to whatever keyword I'm targeting. And that way I have the best results in getting people to actually convert and click on my ads. Okay. And so do you use audience targeting for that? Like remarketing or the product targeting side or from the sponsor display side, what, what do you use for targeting as you go? So I, I do a little mix of everything because some audiences perform different ways. But for example, I might use product targeting because if I know that the product's overpriced, for example, and we're way cheaper and you get a better deal with us, I might target all the higher end products and get the same thing, but for cheaper or get more value for your money or whatever, something along the lines of that to get and convert those people on those specific listings. So it could be through product targeting, it could be through category targeting or anything else, but it really comes down to narrowing that audience and getting them to convert on whatever listing and making it relevant to them. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. And what do you typically see? Like, what, what, what do you consider good performance for sponsored display and how does that compare to like the other ad types? If you compare it to sponsored products, sponsored products usually ends up performing better because you get that top of search and everything else. 
So sponsor displays a, like variates a lot based on the actual product itself. I've seen anywhere from like a two row as and all the way up to a seven row as. It just really depends on what specific targeting you're doing and if it's actually price competitive. So like if you already have a higher end product more than 90% of your category, most likely you're not gonna perform very well if you're not priced competitively. So that's a really important, and it also reviews. So it really comes down to the product performance and if it's a very unique product, it will do well uh, with sponsored display ads. And it re it's really important when it comes to that. So that's the number one thing, price competitively reviews, and then the performance of that sponsored display does way better. Sure. Yeah. And what we typically see too is sponsored display if we're using product targeting. Usually if you look at sponsored products, product targeting, sponsored display performs pretty similar. It may not perform quite as well as bids have been driven up over time as more people have adopted it. Once you get into audience targeting, then we've seen performance go down a bit just because you are getting broader in terms in performance, more in terms of like direct ROAS. But once you start getting these higher funnel strategies, that's where you can really expand your audience too. So we definitely never want to take a ROAS or ACOS only approach, which we've harped on on previous, <laughs> previous <Yeah>. episodes. But <laughs> yeah. one piece that we haven't personally covered in the podcast yet is Amazon attribution. So maybe walk us through what that is when you use that. And then, then we can start talking about specifics of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So basically Amazon attribution holistically is a way to track Amazon sales. And it's basically adding a tag at the end of every URL and tracking if the user purchased. In Amazon attribution, you can generate a link and with that link, you can see how many sales are coming in through that link. For example, you can put it up on a influencer post and you can see the exact sales that influencer generated through that specific link. So you can generate all these links very easily to your Amazon page and be able to track the amount of sales each link is producing. So it makes it really easy to track and across all these different platforms that you're using to see if you're getting that ROI. Yeah, and so a couple of key points to hit for Amazon attribution is that if we're running just Amazon advertising, since it's all within the platform, they already have the tracking to track the conversion. So this isn't a, isn't a piece that we need to worry about when running sponsored ads or DSP because Amazon knows when these different ads have converted. But when you're running external traffic, whether it's through influencers or have you used this for like different advertising platforms too, say like Google and Facebook directing back to Amazon and how, how do you set that up? Yeah, so it's basically the same way. You generate that link and then you set it up on Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever platform you deem worthy and you can set it up and see, you can even have it like you can create a link just for Facebook, see the amount of Facebook sales, generate a link for Google, see how the amount of Google sales, and you can see which platform is getting the best ROI for, sure. that, for that link that you produce. So say I'm running Facebook ads, and so I can get my spend, and I know how many people click through on my ads. And then I have my conversion data, which lives in within Amazon attribution. So how do you tie that information together to really get a good picture on how these external traffic sources are really working? 
Yeah, so normally I either connect them through a dashboard or if the client's not that advanced, then I put it through an Excel sheet and just do a side-by-side -side comparison. So if I can literally put the spend, the amount of spend, like let's say we spent $5,000 on a Facebook ad campaign and we produced $10,000 worth of sales, I can do a side-by-side -side and see, okay, we made 5,000 on our Facebook ads, but we only made 2,000 on our Google ads. And that way you can have that side-by-side -side comparison to see if that return on investment is there. That, that makes total sense. And so I guess key takeaway for everybody watching or listening is if you want to track how well external traffic going to Amazon performs in terms of conversions or other stats, Amazon attribution is a great way to do that. You can get that customized link. And from there, now you can get the conversion information so we can track the performance from these external links. You did a good post and you said that with the recent privacy changes that we've seen on iOS, that you're starting to see some issues with conversion tracking and Amazon attribution. So maybe one, walk us through what these changes look like. And then two, what's, what's some of the impacts that you're seeing right now? Yeah, so the Apple iOS 14 update was really big. And it's because basically they're asking users if they want to be tracked. So if you, example, you can open up the Facebook app and there's a huge prompt. It's like takes up your whole screen saying, do you want Facebook to track you? And it's, it's basically yes or no is essentially what it is. And uh, most people are going to say no because Apple doesn't want Facebook to track you anymore because they want that data. They want to keep it and they don't want Facebook to have it. So they basically are trying to get users not to be tracked on, fa uh, on Facebook anymore. And what that means is when it's not only just on the Facebook app, it's off of Facebook is where the biggest deal happens because all Facebook ad campaigns can be optimized. Just like Amazon ads, they, they eventually get optimized and they can convert over time because they know what audience works the best. Like Facebook works the exact same way. What you can do is you can put a, a Facebook pixel, which is just basically a piece of code, a piece of snippet in the actual website saying, okay, if this person goes and buys and lands on this certain website, then I want to start optimizing for those people that purchase my product on my website. And you can do that automatically. It makes it super easy because you don't want to optimize for link clicks because you're going to have a bunch of people that click your web your website but don't convert. Like then basically Facebook's algorithm says, okay, I did my job. I don't care anymore. But if you say, okay, I need to optimize for purchases, Facebook's going to say, okay, that person clicked, but didn't purchase. I failed. And then once they have a success, then Facebook's going to say, okay, this person purchased. I'm going to go find other people that will also purchase my product. And that's what the Facebook pixel does. And with the new iOS update, it basically makes it where it's very difficult to track Apple users over that pixel. So it's getting harder and harder to get that data if they went on that website, that pixel link, or if they didn't. And that's the problem. We can no longer optimize or it's more difficult to optimize for those people that click and purchase those products. And it makes it, it's making it where it's very finicky right now. And what I expect is most people's Facebook advertising um, campaigns are going to stop optimizing toward Apple users. Because if you think about it, if it's like Samsung phones are the, the ones that are going to be tracked the most, 
like that's going to get the most purchases in the in the Facebook algorithm saying, okay, I need to start optimizing toward more Samsung users. And it's going to start going in that direction. And it's going to start optimizing there. And the people that do opt out of tracking are going to get less relevant ads. They will. Just inherently, like they are going to have a lesser ad experience because the ads won't be as relevant anymore. And yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a big deal and it makes it where we have to get a little bit more creative in optimizing our facebook campaigns yeah and so essentially what apple is doing is they're setting up these walls around individual apps before this update you could track between apps and then know that if somebody clicked my ad and then it brought up the amazon app and then they purchased okay i could tie that click to that conversion now with this recent update any activity between apps cannot be tied together. So like if you're browsing in Amazon and I type in different searches in the Amazon app, Amazon, they, they can still record all that data. Same with Facebook. So if I'm in the Facebook app itself, anything I do within the Facebook app, Facebook still got all that information. But where the difficulty comes from the advertising standpoint is now if you have different activities that are going cross app in Apple, then at that point you can't tie the user data together and so this impacts two different pieces. One is now you can't serve people relevant ads. And so essentially they can appear kind of anonymous in these different apps. So it's hard to show them relevant ads. So they just get shown random ads. And then the other major piece is now once they click and they convert, we can't track that either. So it's really hard to track how relevant these ads are and tie that to conversion. So it, it's been a pretty big update overall, especially for companies like Google and Facebook. So how do you see this impacting Amazon advertising, if at all? Amazon attribution is great for tracking, but not great for optimizing. So there's a difference between tracking a campaign and optimizing it. You can track it and see the performance within Amazon attribution, but that won't optimize your campaigns. It won't like automatically optimize your campaigns. And that's where you have to use uh, what you call server side conversions, which basically says, okay, this person, Sally from Dallas, Texas clicked on my ad. And then on the back end through a customer list, Sally from Dallas, Texas also happened to purchase my product, it matches those people up and says, okay, this person most likely purchased and it's, it's less accurate as it would be, but it, it's still a conversion method that's going to happen automatically. Sure. And that's how I send traffic through Amazon through, from Facebook to Amazon to start optimizing my Facebook ads and server side conversions are impacted less. So it makes it where if you are sending traffic over to Amazon and you are using that server side conversion, then you don't have to worry about it because like, as we know, we can't put a Facebook pixel on Amazon. We, we were never able to. So that makes it where we were already working without a pixel in general when it came to Amazon. So when it comes to this Apple iOS 14 update, it didn't impact as much when it comes to the, the app, when it comes to Amazon itself. It affects more of the websites that like use that Facebook pixel to rely on their optimization. That's the biggest thing. But for the most part, when it comes to Amazon, we were working without a Facebook pixel when sending the Amazon this entire time. Sure. So that's what we've been working with. And that's, that's basically when it comes to it. It didn't affect offsite Amazon too much.
Yeah, and some some other good notes to take into account too. So if you're just using Amazon advertising, so like sponsored ads, sponsored ads are really not impacted by this update. And the key reason is that if I'm browsing on Amazon, it's all within the Amazon app. So that tracking is not impacted by this app or this update. Remember, it just kind of like walls around each app. And then the other piece is that um, sponsored ads are primarily shown on Amazon assets within Amazon apps and everything else like that. And so showing them and tying all the data together and everything, since it's all with Amazon's owned apps, it's really not impacted at all. So from like the sponsored ad standpoint, sponsored products, brands, and somewhat display, unless you're getting some offsite retargeting, those are all not impacted at all. Once we get into Amazon DSP, this is where we could have some impacts too. So just like how Facebook shows ads, if we get into retargeting and I log into a different app, it may not be able to say, okay, this is Joe Shellerud's account. So I'm going to show him this information that he's really interested in. I'm just going to show up as an anonymous user. So the ads that I see are probably going to be irrelevant. And then from the advertiser standpoint, definitely not as valuable either because the likelihood that I'm going to click and purchase is, is pretty darn low yeah i totally agree with that and when it comes to the future of where they're going with it basically like apple doesn't really care about like they claim that this is about privacy that they care about people's privacy but it's really just a war between capturing user data they want the user data to record for their purposes rather than giving it to facebook Apple's going to launch, this is my prediction, that Apple is going to launch another ad platform to capture, just like Google, to capture that data and you make it where advertisers start using it to really reach out to Apple users because that would be a huge revenue opportunity for them. Just like Google does it, like how they do it all on Google devices and you're able to advertise, do display ads and everything else. Apple, if they were able to accomplish that and where every advertiser is using it to reach Apple users, then they would see huge, huge revenue opportunities. And there's a lot of money to be made there. So they first they have to crush Google and uh, Facebook user targeting. And then they're going to come out with a shiny new object of this new uh, ad platform that you can target anything you want on Apple users. And every marketer is going to say, okay, I need that. And then they're going to start using Apple advertising. I know it's going to suck the first few years probably, but they will get it down most likely because there's a lot of money to be made there. So that that's my prediction of why and where they're going with this iOS 14 update. And I see fewer tracking options. Like they're only, It's only going to get worse when it comes to these third-party apps like Facebook, Google, and everything else when it comes to Apple users. But it's going to increase on this new this new Apple ad platform when they they're going to make it where it's a lot easier to target users through that Apple ad platform so i see Okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I think it's going to be if that's the case, it's going to be a tough pivot for Apple because they've been promoting this purely as a privacy play. So, if they would yeah. then shift and use that information for advertising, I think that would be a tough transition but like you're saying there's a huge opportunity there so i guess we'll see how that all plays out 
So in terms of like, so I started as an Amazon seller and for Amazon sellers that are out there, just for external traffic uses. So if I come to you as a seller and I say, Victor, I need help generating external traffic. Like, where do you start? Where do you see the key opportunities for sellers trying to drive external traffic to their listings? So I recently did a case study. I tested the difference between sending a potential customer through directly to Amazon through an Amazon promotional, like, like it's like that promotional get 25% off on Amazon. And just like basically a brand store, think about like a brand store. And I, that's sending them directly to Amazon or sending them to an intermittent landing page, like landing cube or whatever. Sure. And I tested the difference between them and t- actually putting them through an intermittent landing page had a three times higher conversion rate, 300% higher more conversion rate by actually adding a step for the user, but it increased, they actually liked that experience better having that landing page and then sending them to Amazon. And what you can do to even add on top of that is you can also make it a super URL, which basically it's a URL that looks like the, the user actually searched that query. So for example, dog food, and I can actually make it where to Amazon, it looks like they searched the word dog food and bought the product and that'll increase your rankings. So not only are you getting the sales off the product and that revenue, you're also gaining rankings in the process. And that's where you'll see the biggest increases in sales there. Okay. So sending them to that intermittent landing page has worked very, very well. And also you can put a super URL on it and get those rankings on top of that. And that way you just start seeing exponential growth once your Facebook and like Amazon ads, your Facebook ads start doing really, really well from there. And it's also important. I see a lot of Amazon sellers that try to launch a Facebook ad and they're optimizing for link clicks. Like, you, you can't, like, you can do it, but you're, it's just not going to work well. Like, it's, you have to optimize for purchases on Amazon, and there are certain tools that you have to use in order to do that. But once you, once you set those up and you have those integrations set, then you can really optimize for Amazon purchases, and that's where you're going to see those, that growth. Optimizing for link clicks on a Facebook ad will never work. It, it never has, it never will. And you need to be optimizing for purchases on Amazon. And once you nail down that whole process of sending them to the landing page, getting them through a super URL and optimizing for purchases, that is the ultimate strategy to really guide external traffic to Amazon to increase your rankings. Sure. And with this landing page, what does that typically look like? What have you seen work well to then convert and get them to take that next step to Amazon? Yeah, usually I do offer a twenty like minimum twenty five percent off. Like five percent usually don't like any of those really don't work too well. Sure. So about twenty five percent off, and you can put a timer on it. Sure. Like this this deal ends in this. It just add that little rush yep. really well, and also just putting your brand at the bottom, like your brand story at the bottom of the landing page for people that want to go through it. That works really well too, because people do read it. And if you are, say, if you are retargeting to your brand loyal customers, they might be interested in reading your story at the bottom of your landing page. So I would definitely put your brand story. What makes you unique should be understood in the first five seconds 
of you visiting the landing page. So like whatever the product benefit is, whatever makes you unique, why someone should buy your product over anyone else should be understood within five seconds. That is sure. that is the goal of every single landing page. And I always think that uh, that should be easily understood. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So for anybody who wants to find more about Victor, they want to reach out, they want to follow you, they want to follow all the great content that you put out, how do they find you? I just go to LinkedIn, type in Victor Dwyer, D-W-Y-E-R. I, most people know how to spell it. So if you get it right the first time, I will be very impressed. So yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I post most of my content and then it's been good. So yeah. yeah, perfect. Well, hey, thanks for joining. This was a lot of great information talking about the external traffic, talking about the privacy updates, hitting on sponsored display. I appreciate you joining. Make sure everybody follows Victor. He's got a lot of awesome content. And make sure you listen to the next episode of the Ad Project Podcast. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.